Yeah, I uh, my house is in complete disarray. I've been back. I have the move tomorrow between eight thirty and nine. So, movers coming. Nice. That's a, that's a small window to get out of. Yeah. <laughs> right. so we're here for half an hour. What do you need? <laughs> take take that and box go. and we're done. <laughs> I have a thirty minute window. There's a hundred guys outside. Welcome to Our Film Fathers Podcast, the definitive podcast about fatherhood, film, and fatherhood and film. This is Jelani, and with me as always are two guys playing Iron Man football, Martin and Brady. You're hurt, you're tired, you're bleeding. I'm going to make you a promise. We get into that end zone, you're not going to feel any pain. I wish I could say something classy and inspirational, but that just wouldn't be our style. Pain heals, chicks dig scars, glory lasts forever. This week, we're ready for some football. With college kicking off already and the NFL about to, we're in the mood for some Pixian movies that get us ready for the upcoming seasons. Fortunately for us, there's no work stoppage this year, but we decided to dive into that situation with the replacements, the Keanu Reeves and Gene Hackman-led portrayal of a bunch of ragtag wannabes trying to find football glory. We followed that up with a similar theme and another pick from Brady's Bargain Bin in the 1991 classic, Necessary Roughness. That's one of your favorites, right, Jelani? It is, <laughs> and I enjoyed it just as much this time. It's not great. I will give you that. The football in it is pretty bad, but out of the two movies we watched this week, I like that one better. Same. Yeah, I- I, I enjoyed them both about about the same. I, I do remember watching Necessary Roughness as as a kid as well. Um, and whenever I play football with the kids, I'm always the the dad yelling "Blue 32." <laughs> like Brecklin knows me, so knows that that's what I say. She's like, "Why do they say something else other than Blue 32, Dad?" Like, who came up with that? Who decided that Blue 32 would be the call? Because I don't think I've ever heard any professional sport or any professional football player or college or high school say Blue 32. Like, it's just the thing that people say, like, it's the most TV, you know, like, 555-1212. KL5. (laughs) Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But I think of I think of this movie. I don't know if it's if it's ubiquitous in all other football cinema, but uh, definitely, definitely remember it from Necessary Roughness. The uh, that I mean I haven't seen Necessary Roughness in a long time, but I remember watching it probably like double digit times back in the nineties. Um, it was for me, it's a classic. And when when I started, and you know, Bacula's out in the field, uh, you know, re-simulating a, a game and and throwing to the spring loaded receiver, which is still genius, by the way. I was like, oh my god, I forgot all about this. But I, I mean, it, it took me back right away. That spring-loaded receiver was was bouncing back pretty quickly for how <laughs> how much time that spring spent out there. He's uh, that's how much he's how much steam he was putting on that ball. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of heat to get that <laughs> thing to, to bounce down to the ground and back up. So, a couple of things that I noticed I, I got in on this one. You know, they hit Texas State with the the death penalty, the SMU yep. death penalty, and. For those of you who don't know, watch the ESPN 30 for 30 Pony Excess and to understand what that death penalty situation is, it's when they basically take away all of a school's scholarships and opportunities to to build up a team because they found them cheating. But uh, now we have the NIL, and that, that team would have been 
coast and scot free except for the the steroids like everything else is legal now so you can get money from boosters you can get money to you know wear the jackets and and things like that so wearing a jacket was uh not quite the uh massive offense that it was once upon a time (laughs) but the smu days i mean they you know the stories of it was uh you know eric dickerson and craig james and you know they were getting like corvettes and you know at, at the time i mean it was there's plenty of this stuff's been going on for a very long time, but yeah, the and it was kind of modeled. The idea was modeled on the SMU death penalty because they were the ones, the ones that got it. To an extent, the situation kind of played out that way. SMU eventually did have to start a team from scratch, and they ended up not. I think I saw they didn't have a winning season again until 2009. When was when did that happen? Uh eighty. Yeah, mid early eighty. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a long time. <laughs> Yeah, it it was a it was a while, right? And and it hurt the the program. But um yeah, this is obviously a fictional interpretation of that, but there was eighty seven a whole bunch of things. Eighty seven, yeah. Okay. Maybe if they had Loja, then things would have been better. <laughs> so Listen, so good to have Loja back in our life. He was he was on fire. This he was great in this movie. He was. Oh yeah. He was hitting everything. He played the you know, he played the I don't know with the counterpart to Hector Elizondo's straight man. I loved him. Oh, he's, I was like, he's hitting all he's the numbers great. right he's here. He's a he's a highlight of the entire movie. I mean, that voice is just it's perfect. Exactly. It's sandpaper on gritty gravel. I don't know how you describe it, but it's like the entire time it's that gravelly Robert Locher voice. So you definitely perfect. do not know how to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> Did we believe Scott Bakula was thirty yeah, four? Right. I looked up his actual age uh, in this. I think he was. I think he was around thirty seven uh, when this was when this was uh, in real life. I was, I was gonna say I kind of felt like it was it played. Is that did they did they say his actual age? I don't remember hearing it. They. Yeah, they didn't. I don't think say it, but they like alluded to it, and then I think the timing, the years timed out that way. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I would be wanting to be on a college football field at at thirty four. What's funny about that, Johnny, is uh, tonight I'm watching or uh, Oklahoma State has a thirty two year old punter from Australia. Kid, I kid you not, and I was like, oh man, that's uh, great timing. Is it Kathy Ireland? <laughs> uh no much more uh more handsome than uh than her how about uh sinbad coming off the the teacher's faculty lounge to come play as well oh you mean the uh the was... the mold for neil degrasse tyson yes i i was hoping <laughs> you guys would get there but i mean 100 percent, right yeah that was exactly oh, yeah. what i thought it's unbelievable <laughs> what happened to sinbad where, uh, where he has he been he's... i think he just made enough money and then he was like i'm done yeah, I think he's just rolling. He does. He still does shows and and things like he that. He probably does. Yeah, so he probably yeah. does. He didn't have like a an announce and retire an announce a retirement or anything like that. Well, I don't think you have no. to do that when you're a stand up yeah, comic. Yeah, no. Yeah, I got you. I just I feel like he could still like people people love the '90s again. So I feel like he could come back and 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 make a killing because yeah, I I enjoyed him in this and I the, generally liked him in the '90s too. The last thing I remember seeing him in was like him and Rob Thomas were randomly in an episode of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That they were like, oh, they played that like was patients. awesome. Yeah, yes, that? they were like mental patients. Yeah. yeah, that's like the last thing I think I remember seeing him in. That's funny. Good, good call. I'm telling you, he's got more money than we probably know what than he probably knows what to do with. Oh, yeah, I don't doubt what, it. And just sitting. On what it. do you think he made it all on? Movie, movies, shows, different world. Yes. Yes, and stand up all <laughs> yes of the above. All of yeah. That. Okay. 
good for it. Good for I him. I mean, he was he had huge, especially in the black community. He had huge stand ups. He was one of the first ones that I ever like saw because a he was clean. Yep. So yeah. parents were not you know opposed to him watching you know kids watching his comedy. And, you know, he had a lot of things that my parents could relate to, but then even like things I could relate to. And then, you know, he got a show on, I want to say on NBC later on. Yeah, I think you're right. After A Different World. Yeah, I think you're right. And so, yeah. So, I mean, he had, you know, network television money and then he still was doing stand up. He had like, he integrated like music with his stand up. So he'd have like a concert and have like huge festivals and then like headline those festivals. So, I mean, he probably. He probably led a lot of like inspiration to other comics to like expand and some of these you know like uh, ten thousand laughs that goes on in Minnesota or um, you know other comedy festivals that are around the country like ideas like that where you just build it out and like I said you know sitting on money. I'd said the last thing he did, and the last thing I listed him in uh, acting wise is a show called Rel in two thousand eighteen and nineteen. I don't I don't know that show, but that was. So that was uh, Lil Rel Howery. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so he was he was dead on that. So, but so yeah. So you know he's alive. <laughs> cool. That's about all I can give you. But uh, yeah, that's funny. I, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, so we got like a Neil, Neil deGrasse vibe here. <laughs> well, what I'd like to do is I'd like to you know spin the other movie in as well and bring in the the replacement. So before we get too far down the uh, path of necessary roughness, going back and watching uh, Shane Falco lead these ragtag scabs i guess you would call them uh onto the field for the washington sentinels which played in maryland i guess yeah i mean that's not even <laughs> crazy for the way the the actual uh i mean i think the reds or whatever commanders they they're like looking to play in virginia so i mean it's just the way it goes yeah, it's just funny because i think that used to be the the raven stadium so i don't even think they were like that far into the Washington area, but you know, it's the DMV. So everybody, everybody is everybody there. Um, fun fact about Shane Falco also attended, uh, Ohio state mm-hmm. as did, uh, one Johnny Utah. Yep. Must be a rec- prereq for him playing quarterback. <laughs> you know, what wasn't a prereq finding someone to teach him how to run. Cause he could not, it hurt to watch him scramble and, and move around. I was like, Keanu, come on, buddy. You got. He was an older, co- get a older quarterback. Hadn't been playing. Yeah, but he wasn't thirty-four. He was like late twenties, right? I don't know. They said he put on twenty-three pounds. Maybe it was all in his legs. <laughs> <laughs> he was just—he looked so slow. It was—it was uncomfortable. Yeah, I—I I, I agree. I mean, he did. He looked like a gimpy old quarterback. I just found it funny how how both these movies. I didn't realize how similar the storyline was in both of them. When, when right. I suggested it, like I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I knew the story behind both, but I'm like, as I was as I was watching them together, you know, which I hadn't done, yeah, it, it became very apparent that that the replacements was was probably kind of pull, pulled from Necessary Roughness, right? Uh yeah, I think a combination of the two stories, yeah, of like a strike strike players, which obviously was a thing, and uh, and yeah, I mean, I was with you. I hadn't actually seen all of. Uh, the replacements i thought i had and then i as i was watching i'm like i don't think i ever saw this start to finish so yeah watching these two like back to back i'm like oh my gosh this is uh this is crazy there's so many similar players from both movies 
Yeah, I remember really liking the replacements. Um, I think largely because I do, we've talked about this, I do just like Keanu, even though he's really not that great an actor and he doesn't deliver his lines very well. I, there's still something about him that I just I just always liked. And then Gene Hackman, I think, is just great. Uh, I like seeing him as a coach. Uh, you know, I'm going to say still a second to, to Loja, but um, but I, I do appreciate uh, Gene Hackman in this movie too. So I, I think I, I think I remembered um, remembered it better than it was this time around um like this time around i'm like that's yeah, really not that gr- that great a movie but it's a fu- it's a fun watch i mean it definitely could be a lot worse and i do uh like his love interest too i think so i think those combination of all those things not really expecting much out of it and liking all the actors um it m- makes me uh makes me like this movie i looked her up because i was like i don't how do i, I yeah mean, i don't know her from anything else so. she's she's in a ton of stuff like nothing major but um, yeah, she's really, really attractive in this movie. I'm like, she just never caught on, I guess, in a big way. If you guys watched Melrose, Pla- Melrose Place, which you probably did. Yeah, of course I did. I did. Uh, she yeah, was what do you mean? Probably she didn't. Was. Who didn't watch yeah. that? Uh, Jerry Seinfeld did. apparently didn't <laughs> until he took the poly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Michael. <laughs> He's just so smug. <laughs> <laughs> she was. Uh, she was in there. Most recently, um, I remember her being... The mom that Riggins hooks up with in Friday Night Lights. Oh, is that who she, I saw she was in Friday Night Lights, but I didn't. Oh. Uh, I didn't recognize the character name. Yeah, she was the the mom of one of the like little kids that he was coaching in football. Nice, good work, Riggins. Uh, <laughs> I always liked Riggins. <laughs> yeah. So you were mentioning, you know, who you like and who you didn't like, and and things like that. So let's run it down. Let's do a quick we'll crossover yeah, between the, the two because there are some crazy Sentinels similarities. Versus armadillos. <laughs> So we got our quarterbacks. We got Shane Falco versus Paul Blake. The arm of the armadillo. Uh, who are you taking? <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Falco. I'm going Team Blake. I think I have to go Team Blake. Uh, I think he's a he's a better a better solution at your quarterback position than Falco. Yeah, I'm, I feel like Falco is just kind of not not really ready to lead and. Plus, he didn't have a cannon of an arm. He did not have I mean, a he cannon. He could get it out there. But. but he had miles and miles of heart. So you yes, know, that, he goes a long, that goes a long way for me. <laughs> no, I want to win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give me give me Loja's guy. <laughs> and then uh, as far as coaches, are we taking it Hackman as uh, McGinty or straight arrow Gennaro and uh, Coach Rigg, Wally Rigg? So Loja and Hector Elizondo. See, from a head coach standpoint, I think I like McGinty, but if you're if it's the package deal to get Rig, I don't know. I feel like uh, I can throw in McGinty's. Uh, there's nothing you can throw in that's going to compare to Wally. I mean, Art Lafleur. He was the Sultan of SWAT, the King of Crash, the Colossus that's of Cloud. Exactly right, Art Lafleur. <laughs> I did. You know, I did catch that. <laughs> you know what's what's funny is that. Art LaFleur looks exactly like Lindsay's dad. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, she told me she told me that before I met him and then when I met him I'm like, yeah, 100%. So She told um, you my dad looks like Art LaFleur? Yeah, like people have told her that. She didn't know that, but like <laughs> Lauren and some other people were like, yeah, your dad looks like she didn't know the name, but they were like he looks say, it looks the like the Sultan of SWAT. It. Looks like the guy in the Sandlot, you know? Like you yeah. recognize him, but now that's why I know his name. Um but yeah, I would um I I agree. If you're putting them as a package deal, it's different than if you do them separately. So if you if you're go, I mean, obviously we're gonna take I'm gonna take Loja over Lafleur, and uh, but I think I would take McGinty solo over Gennaro. Yeah, me too. 
I like the coaching staff, so I'm going to go staff, and I'll take the the staff of the Armadillos, Gennaro and and Wally. Yeah, Reed. package deal. You got to go Loja. Yeah, I don't need straight arrow. <laughs> yeah, he was he was just Gennaro was just kind of that. That's what maybe disliked the. I mean, obviously, I'm getting I'm getting nitpicky here, but it just seemed silly the way he was um, riding Blake for yeah. seemingly like it, he wasn't doing anything terribly wrong you know and it just seemed kind of kind of uh over the top yeah agreed not to quote another not to uh, name another uh, Loja road movie? Loja movie pun intended <laughs> all right kickers lucy you take in yeah yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah you i think we're all ask. going lucy yeah. although i do like wiry nigel <laughs> nigel remember like, that too. he was a great character and i so i definitely in reality it's it's probably a lot closer but yeah in the in the '90s heyday, Kathy Ireland, the the first shot of her from feet feet up as uh, our boys uh, getting ready to snap it back, and he just can't stop staring. That's classic Kathy Ireland. Yeah, I like I like the Manu uh, Lucy relationship. Manu, too, so. that's right. <laughs> Manu Manu the Slender. <laughs> Says full name. <laughs> He's gonna. It was something else too. He added something else, but they called him Manu Manu the Slender on the, yeah on the field. So. Then let's uh, Manu Manu versus Fumiko, the uh, the sumo wrestler. Who do we go there? I'm going uh, Manu. Yeah, same. Yeah, I liked Manu better too as well. Uh, your crazy player, your stereotypical crazy player on the field. Do you go Bateman or uh, Samurai? Favreau for sure. I, I neither. I didn't like either of these characters. <laughs> the Samurai is, is is pretty stupid in my opinion. Yeah, but, I thought um, Bateman was over, like the John Favreau character was over the top too. It was just oh, little... he's definitely over the top. There's no doubt about that. I just Since... didn't find it funny. Did you laugh at it? Like I, I just uh, I didn't like it. Well, sorry, Dad. But I liked I liked Favreau when he. Uh, what was what's the movie? Uh, Four Four Christmases. Yeah, I think he's he's like well, a crazy brother. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's Vin, he's Vince Vaughn's crazy one of his yeah. brother. Uh, or I, I, um, I think it's the, I think it's his girlfriend's whatever family. Uh, oh no, no, you're right. It's Vince Vaughn's. But anyway, I, I liked him being that character in that in that movie, but not so much not so much in this one. Well, he he didn't get there without playing Bateman. So, yeah. <laughs> Jelani, what about you? Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Bateman as well because I I used to think the samurai was great, but then rewatching it, it's like. There's nothing no. there. He didn't when we were anything, 11 so. and 12 years old, it was funny, but it was it's not actually right. It was funny. hilarious, <laughs> right? <laughs> Very true. Uh, I think we already hit this one, but the uh, the femme fatale, not necessarily fatale, but you know the female lead uh, in this Annabelle versus Doctor Suzanne Carter. Yeah, I think we're Team Annabelle. <laughs> <laughs> team Annabelle. Yeah. As far as the comedic relief for for the team, we had a. Uh, Jamal, played by Faison Love. Clifford Franklin, played by Orlando Jones. And then Andre was the other guy. Versus Edison, played by Jason Bateman. Featherstone, played by Alvin Mack. I don't know the, the actor. Uh, Dwayne. Davis. Dwayne Davis, yes. And then Andre Krim, played by uh, Sinbad. Were they really, I mean, I don't know if they were really comic relief per se. But, but I'm going to go Sinbad. I think you have to go Sinbad there. Sinbad and Jason Bateman and Featherstone, I think. Although I will say that the two players, uh, Featherstone and I forget what his name is, but he's the cowboy. Oh yeah, they're the yeah, they're both in the program. Right. Yeah. They had no role. Like Well, they were pretty young. 
Featherstone had a little bit. He actually became part of the story. No, the other dude is just a big dude who got put in football movies. Yeah, he's in three yeah. of them. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. What's the third, Martin? Um, the, the the one that we did. Any given Sunday? Yeah, any given Sunday, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the one that we yes. did. The one that we did. Um, so it's the program. I didn't realize. I knew he was in the program, and I knew he was in any given Sunday. Um, I didn't realize he was in he was in this, and I, I had to look it up. And I'm like, yeah how how does he keep getting cast in football movies? Andrew Briny Briniarski or something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, he's just jacked. Yeah. Right, just being a big dude. But um, I think his his best role is probably the program. Um, I thought I thought you were gonna go. With, I mean the. Featherstone, you get to Dwayne Davis uh, as the receiver, but you have the other Orlando Jones as uh, the other Clifford Franklin, the other receiver who could fast fast receiver that can't catch. Yeah, yeah, you could you could have put those two. Um, I still think I didn't like Orlando Jones. I, I didn't either. Good. I think again, I think that's why looking the back, not that good. I, yeah, it's not that good. <laughs> like I think I forgave a lot of those things on the first uh, first go round. And then watching it again, I'm like, yeah, no, the the supporting cast isn't isn't all that great, and it could have been a lot better. It could have been a lot funnier. All right, so now we move on to owner slash president O'Neill, played by Jack Warden, versus Pops. President Purcell. Yes, exactly, Pops, played by, and then President Purcell, played by Fred Dalton Thompson. Um, I'm gonna go Pops all day. Pops all day. By the way, did you notice at least ninety percent of the time, every time they showed Pops in the in the skybox, it's the next scene was the cheerleaders. So it seemed like he pops was looking at the cheerleaders. I'm just telling you, every almost every single time. And we do have to say pops. What do we call him pops? That's from Dirty Work. From Dirty Work, yeah. <laughs> yeah from yeah. Uh, for lo- loyalists of the pod, we uh, we went through Dirty Work uh, a while back, and pops is uh, he's forever pops. Fred Dalton Thompson, also from Die Hard Two, Senator yeah. from Tennessee, and Law and Order. Senator from Tennessee as well, yes. Yeah, and I think he like sells life insurance or something on <laughs> on TV commercials too. I don't think he's alive anymore, but yeah. Oh, he did, he, did he pass? A long, yeah, a while back, I think. Oh, okay. Your villain, Eddie Martell versus Dean Elias. Dean Elias was a good, uh, gr- gr- smarmy villain. Yeah, he was. He was just annoying. <laughs> yes. So I don't. I don't know. I. I, I guess I'd I guess I'd pick him, but uh, it was just he was he definitely had that that creepy scene when he was in the uh, in in the office and trying to to come on to the to the teacher. It was uh, it was great that she just walked out of there. I'm like, yeah, this is this is not going this is not going well. Larry Miller always can play that. Oh yeah, that was what Larry Miller was. Guy. Yeah, that's that's his wheelhouse. Brett Cullen what? was uh, fine as a you know as the whatever starting quarterback who was jealous and then uh but yeah not in, in the grand scheme of things from an entertainment standpoint i think it's uh it's all larry miller as dean elias and then lastly the announcers madden and summerall versus rob schneider an early schneider role that i i can remember when he eventually became was in more things that was like oh yeah he was the guy from uh Nessa Refus. Yeah, and I I remember it because he was the the co- you know making some copies and then and then this movie came out and it yeah. was like the Fumbleio Fumbleruski which Fumbleruski you, know, yep. you, you would say was... every time <laughs> when you were playing backyard backyard football for sure. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go yeah I'm gonna go Rob Schneider. I'm going with the all timers Madden and Summerall. Yeah, they were great. You go Madden and Summerall. Just they're just sitting there reading everything that's on the field and just trying to 
you know, roll with it and keep it they going. Did a, so I like that. I felt like they did a good, that was a clean kick to the face mask, though. <laughs> I felt like they did a great job of even like almost of mocking like themselves as announcers in the moment. I, I, I felt like it was actually pretty awesome. Did you did you guys catch who the musician was that uh, Jamal and Andre and the replacements were guarding before they left to go play football? I did not. No. So they're walking out with the musician, yeah. and they're like, ah, oh, he'll be fine. That was the old dirty bastard. Was it ODB, really? That's amazing. <laughs> just hilarious. It didn't look like him, but uh, I did some research, and I was like, oh, interesting. So which movie had better cameos, then? I think it's very easy. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, necessary. Yeah, there's, there's so, I, didn't, I didn't realize that. Like, I totally forgot about Dick Butkus and um, oh, yeah, the, all, uh, the Hall Holyfield. Of Fame bus yeah. that pulled up. Jerry Rice, uh, and then I don't know who else. Those are like two tall Jones, Evander Holyfield, yeah. um, Herschel Walker, Walker, Jim Kelly. Yeah, that was a that who's was, who was at cool. the time. Yeah. Um, in the beginning of the like, probably the first half of the replacements, I wrote a note down that it had the worst music in a movie I'd ever experienced. It was brutal. It was terrible. I don't recall what was it. It was like they were trying to be bad. It's like every worse like pop rock song of the 1990s some of them, that you i definitely find. didn't know some of them i, I didn't just like, i don't think i knew any of the music i don't think i knew any of the songs in the you, later on there was a couple that you would have known but yeah in the beginning it was yeah. really bad 90s like late 90s attempt i don't know really bad music for sure okay i didn't i didn't know who it was i was just like over and over again i'm like this is awful what is this like how how is this what you picked anyway personal complaint they were struggling. They had to get replacement audio, right? <laughs> they couldn't get the A-listers, so they're like, uh, let's do this. I also had a note. Is there any reason at all to have Annabelle be like a really terrible driver? I don't think she's terrible. I think she's just fast. I, but, but, what, she was but what was the point? Yeah, she was swerving three lanes. Yeah. Like I was like, there was nothing. There was, that never came back. No, yeah, you're right. I don't really know what the point of that was. It felt like it was something. <laughs> And they're just all right. That's just it. She's just hyper aggressive <laughs> driver. Just a, just something that they think is funny. So so is there a is there a even an even better version of this movie waiting to be made? Yeah, I think that or version of this story, I should say. Yeah, I think you could do it, and maybe just make it. Obviously, you could just make it straight fiction and be like, yeah, we brought. You know what? Actually, I think is the better film is uh, We Are Marshall. Right, like it's a little bit more s- somber note of how the team has to come together. A but little bit, I think. That- <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about this this story, right? We talk about that. The, this is the same type of replacement football story, and I feel like both have their misses. So I'm saying, like, is there a combination of uh, Frankenstein's monster, if you will, that you could make of both of them with elements of, of both and, and and take it and make it better? I I'm, I think I think you could. Oh, I definitely think I think we could. I mean, I, I think yeah, that's, in general, that's what, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, I, want I think us to do it. <laughs> in general, you like the drama is partially there, but you know, I, I just felt like it. Nothing was really that exciting or eventful, and you know, like we talked about, you know, Orlando Jones. I think was supposed to be funny. Really, wasn't that funny. It's just not. It really wasn't that well written of a movie. The idea is there, and it's actually based off a true story. Yep. You know, so that part's not hard to replicate, but yeah, I think just making it more dramatic and making a, a better actual story out of it, I, I don't think it's impossible to do. 
it's funny because when we did talk about any given Sunday, I feel like we we said there was there was something lacking there too. Like they tried to put too much into it. I I, th- I think was was what we were we were saying. They tried to just have everything about about football like in one movie, and it felt a little long and and uh, and drawn out. Uh, and I feel like this is there's still I don't know what the perfect football movie is, but I don't know if it's been made yet. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the issue, maybe part of a issue, is in my opinion. Football itself, and I mean, you can say this about a lot of sports for sure, but football is, is very dramatic in and of itself. Like in the course of one game, I yeah. th- part of the issue with this movie, I think, is there was like one minute of one game. There's only four games, and they're like one of the games was they barely showed a, a highlight. It was just like, okay, I guess <laughs> this is supposed to be part of the story and the tension is that there's only a couple of games to get to the playoffs, and they gloss right past one of them and move on. So, yeah. And they glossed right past a lot of games unnecessary after. So I feel like they were at game eight with nothing. <laughs> you showed the yeah. first game. And yeah. Then, yeah. You have this natural dr- dramatic element to this movie that you're making. It's tr- the football itself. You can make games dramatic easily just by just by looking at, weekly at, uh, and on an NFL Sunday. You can find a lot of drama in the course of a game. And somehow they're lacking a lot of drama because they're skipping a bunch of football. So you're going to need a movie that focuses on the football. And I think what these movies tend to do and they tend to struggle with is they want to appeal to people who don't like football. So they focus on the off the field stuff. Uh, you know, that's pretty much what, nece- uh, what uh, any given Sunday was, right? It's, Hey, yes, we have a football team, but look at all of these other things that are happening outside of football. Yep, crazy stories. Right, exactly. So that's what they think will bring people in. I think when you start asking about what is a, great or the best football movie i think you might you might look at like varsity blues i love varsity blues yeah yeah that's a lot of drama off the field too but it is a lot of hey we have to keep this team together you know we got all these pressures coming in from everybody and and we're trying to overcome it remember the titans is good because you know it does a lot of historical interactions and things like that but you know there's always that element of, yeah, that team was really good to begin with. And so, you know, you just Disney-fied it and made it better. But, yeah, I think those are those are probably the two that I, I look at uh, to, to evaluate, like, good football movies. I would put this these two probably somewhere down, down the list, but ahead of Rudy still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are definitely more, you know, more more comedies. And I think, I think you're right. I think Varsity Blues hits – almost all the all the notes right there's there's drama there's uh there's a, enough comedy to keep you interested too and it's 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 more i don't know if it's just our, our generation too but I, I i feel like that one that one's definitely right when we were in high school so and i will say i haven't seen the uh kurt warner story i don't think you're uh, gonna be missing there <laughs> so yeah but you love chuck right say. You yeah love, that's uh, why I do love chuck. that's why he's zachary upset. levi is that his name <laughs> or uh all the right moves with uh, our boy dennis quaid i'm pretty sure i did see that once upon a once upon a time yeah overall i was just uh i mean i was good to like i said good to watch the replacements all the way through although i didn't really enjoy it that much um not sure if maybe I, my opinion would have changed if i saw it 20 years ago uh, like Martin said, but I, yeah, it, I was overall not uh, not impressed. But it, it was fun for me. The nostalgia held up for me to watch uh, watch Necessary Reference again. 
Agreed. I enjoyed going back to it. I enjoyed that one more than the replacements. And so, uh, if you do decide to watch either of these movies, uh, save your time and watch Necessary Roughness. Um, the replacements is replaceable. <laughs> oh, so clever. As always, we don't want to put any undue pressure on all of you. But if you don't subscribe to the pod, we'll die. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Tell your friends, subscribe, and go to bed. Thank you.